All right, here we go to Tuesday. Cofield and Company, Nova Home Loans is the spot. Big, big day. Lots to talk about. We're going to open the phones early and often throughout the show. 364-1100, uh, Guest coming up a little later. We're going to talk to the great Trey Wingo in the middle of the hour. He's now part of the sports gambling world. So we'll get his take on the NFL, sports gambling, and of course, what the Raiders did yesterday. Phones are open, 364-1100, 364-1100. Do you like what the Raiders did with the uh, mandate that, for the most part, everyone in the stadium has to be fully vaxxed? Or do you think the Raiders just destroyed their franchise and have lost half their fan base and ticket holders are going to be bailing left and right? Three, six, four, eleven hundred. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. That is the big news around the country and especially around this region and around Raider Nation, I wonder who's taken more vicious shots the last day or so. Las Vegas or Detroit? The reason I bring up Detroit is the number two pick in the draft, the NBA. Jalen Green said he wanted to go number one, but as far as location, I didn't want to be in Detroit. He talked about it basically feeling like he'd be going back into a bubble. He said, I wanted to be the number one pick, but as far as uh, location, didn't want to be in Detroit. Felt a lot more comfortable in Houston. With Detroit, it felt like I was going to be back to the G League bubble. I just got out of the bubble. That pretty much was it. Stop, bro. Sorry, Detroit. Sorry. H-Town over Detroit. This is a preposterous statement from Jalen Green. First of all, as I would like to ask everyone, has he been to Detroit? Because I'm guessing the answer is no. Because if you did, you would see it's a lovely town. As I think as best evidenced by when the Super Bowl was there, it was joke after joke after joke after joke until people actually got there. And they were like, oh, it's actually a pretty cool town. Uh, will Detroit, uh, Detroit lay down and be pansies about this like they did with – actually, they kind of struck back, but they did the woe was me with Jimmy Kimmel. I never forget. I still remember that as one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, where Jimmy Kimmel was joking about the, I think it was the Lakers uh, Pistons finals and said, you know, Detroit will burn the city to the ground if they win it. And I, I was looking at, looking the story back up today and I actually saw headlines Kimmel in trouble for Detroit slur. It was a joke. Sure. And there were fires in the past in Detroit, like many places. As far as everywhere. Dial it down. Uh, I will also throw back in the face of Jalen Green, because I agree with you, Detroit's an underrated city. He was born in Merced, played high school basketball in Fresno. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, if what he... Now, if he had said, yeah, if he had said, he's like, you know what, I don't want to be anywhere that feels like home. I come, okay. I come from trash. I get trash. Right. I don't want to go to another trash town. Okay. Yeah. But here's the other thing. You hate Houston, don't you? That's what I was getting to. Part, outside of the mayor, is he still the mayor? Love, uh, I think the uh, Sylvester. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's the mayor anymore. Uh, no, uh, he might be. I do love him. Uh, of like the major cities in this country, and mm. I've gone to I think every everything you consider a major town. I would guess every top forty market. I think I've been to. I think Houston's the worst. I, I liked it there. Houston, but I'm not, absolutely as critical, sucks. I'm not as critical as you are. Yeah, Houston sucks. I like the food there. It's you terrible. Get, you get me barbecue. And you get me Vietnamese. Like the food, it's every chain imaginable. Yeah. That like the I guess that's the good and the bad of Houston. 
if you want a chain restaurant or a chain store, they have a location of every single chain known to man. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're getting. It's trash there. So good luck, Jalen Green. All right. Well, if you had just said it's trash there, good luck, Las Vegas. Uh, that's been said by a lot of people outside the market. Not a, lot of, a lot of people are pissed off. Um, I will say uh, this move now making Vegas the second NFL city to say fully vaxxed or else uh, to get into our NFL games. I do want to go back to the many times around the country and especially the New York papers are trying to fan flames as if this was some wild lawless place and we were scumbags out here in terms of masking and vaccinations. Now our vax rate's not, you know, it's certainly not amongst the highest in the country. No. I think fully vax we're still at only like 45% one. Uh, that's in Nevada. I think Clark County is about the same, you know, one shot's like 53%. So we're not doing a, a kick-ass job, but uh, this whole lawless thing has been a little ridiculous. And it's funny, I was listening to uh, Golick and Amber Wilson was filling in with uh, for Shanae today, and they kept pointing to the roof, the indoor play as being a big factor as to why you know, New Orleans and Las Vegas is, you know, have elected to go with fully vaxxed in the stadium. Isn't there something else that ties the two cities together? Tourism? Yes. Hundreds of thousands of people around the country, and we can't control who comes in, especially from the states that are, you know, below 40% fully vaccinated. We can't control who comes here. So that really ties the, you know, the two cities together. And the way this thing rolled out, I'll say it right now. Adam warned you last week. I sat here and you said it repeatedly because we were talking about how much they were really pounding. Wear the mask. Wear the mask. And you went off a couple of times and you're like, we are here right now because you haven't followed the rules, people. And you laid it out there. If they can't enforce a mask mandate and lots of people won't throw on their mask, then there could be a next step. And now this next step is blowing people away, and I'm not sure why. Now, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with everything you're doing, and I'll explain that. But this was the next natural step if you didn't do what you were supposed to do at the last game. And it's funny. Yeah, I posted a, a story this morning on on Facebook, on the ESPN Las Vegas page, to get some reaction. We'll read some of that reaction in addition to getting your phone calls. 364-1100-364-1100 is a number. You can call in and react to the fact that you cannot go to these games unless you are fully vaxxed or unless you show up and you're like, shoot me up. <laughs> but on that Facebook post, I grabbed a picture from uh, Paloma over at Fox 5. Paloma put up a picture on social media where she was standing in the middle of a bunch of Raiders fans and she had a mask on and there were seven Raiders fans. Three didn't have a mask on, four did. And I'm like, that's not a good look. Yeah. That's not a good look. And... The Raiders had the option laid out there by Sisolak yesterday. Venues over 4,000. You can go everyone wears a mask or no one wears a mask, but every single person in there has to be vaccinated. Most of them have to be fully vaccinated. And if you want to come in, you can wear a mask, but you got to get a poke. Yeah. And I mean, to just to reiterate what you were saying, like we talked about this last week in that people keep saying, I've done everything they've asked. We've done everything. We followed the rules. You have it. You haven't, and well, that's why we're in this many, situation. Many, many people have, right. but the line, most you know, people have. Unfortunately, it's and it does come down to like a 50-50 breakdown. And specifically, we said the Raiders game on Saturday is going to be huge. The Raiders game on Saturday was everyone wear your mask, and what we said here on the show was 
they are going to be watching that game. Mm -hmm. And if people are wearing their masks, it's going to be fine and they're going to move forward. And if they're not, they tried at the gold cup. It didn't go that well. This was the next big event, you know, summer slams coming up, but you know, that Raiders exhibition game was the next big event. And apparently the ushers had a real tough time. Yeah. And we said, if you, if you follow the, if you follow the orders, you wear your mask and everybody just goes about it, has a good time. That's, that's going to be the end of it. But if you don't, they're going to put vaccination requirements in. We said this to you. And I, I saw people were completely caught off guard, but we saw what happened to the game. People didn't follow the instructions. You were supposed to wear a mask. You didn't. Okay. So here's the next step. And and I will say, like, we'll get into it more. Am I happy about this? Oh, yeah. Thrilled. But do I need you guys sending me congratulations like I did this? I didn't. I had nothing to do with this. I mean, we're not in a better position no. for getting through this. I mean, maybe this will improve things. I hope it does. I hope. But this having a side in this is stupid. The side yeah. should be let's Public beat, health. beat this as much as we can so that we can get back to normal. Yeah. The side is public health. The side is making sure people are healthy. That's the side. Mark Davis spoke today, press conference over at Allegiant, and explained uh, the decision and said, really, it, it didn't take much thinking. Um, as you all heard last night, uh, we decided to go with a uh, plan B protocol that uh, Governor Sisolak put out there, which is vaccinated people only into the stadium for Raider games this season. What that does is uh, makes it that we know that we will have full capacity and no masks for the uh, entire season. Um, I said last night it was an easy decision over the two choices. And why I said that is we've had four events here that were mask only, that you had to wear a mask, mask mandated, and it's just impossible to police and it's impossible to have, uh, to just make it happen. There's just so many reasons. As people forget to put it back on after drinking uh, something or eating something, or all those other things. So it's not just people not wanting to do it, but sometimes forgetting to do it. So they didn't have to do this. No, they could have stuck with masks. King Sislak, as some call him, did not instruct everyone that, hey, these are the rules. He left it open. Yeah. And by the way, I think, if I'm correct, I think UNLV just came down with some initial statements and is saying, uh, we're just going to stick with mask on. Right. For now. So So they won't go with fully vaccinated as of now. And they have a game in roughly 16 days. Yeah. Which is quicker. And, you know, part of what Mark Davis said is they have the luxury here um, of having some time. No preseason games left at home. Their their preseason's over as far as home games. They've got almost a month, not quite, but a little over three weeks until they play their next game. So they have a little bit of time to enact this. And people have a little bit bit of time to, you know, get vaccinated. You could do it today. Go do it today. Do it tomorrow. Uh, You won't be fully there. By the first game, but you'll be you'll be close. So like, there's a little bit of time to to jump on board and to and to start to get close to getting that done. And so I think that that played into this as well because one of the questions somebody asked is like, you have SummerSlam this week at Allegiant Stadium. What are they doing? Well, it's up to every operator, but they just they, just, they wouldn't have enough time to do that. They wouldn't have enough time to implement that. So the Raiders have the benefit of having a little bit of time. What was Davis like at the press conference? He didn't sound. I'm not sure enthused is the right word. He almost sounded kind of sad to announce it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just ju- I'm judging off of what I heard. I wasn't out there with you. Yeah, I talked to him after he was in, he was good. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, like, people pointed out the fact of 
you're making this announcement that there's not going to be masks at the games this year and you're wearing a mask. So it was a well, little bit of a dichotomy there. I will say I have a couple of problems with this. Uh, first of all, the fact that the unvaccinated have zero options except to get the shot. I don't think is great. I like what New Orleans did where you can have a PCR negative test within whatever, 48 or 72 hours. I think that option should be available. And I also, I don't think that having a stadium full of fully vaccinated people not wearing masks is a great idea. Yeah, I would And this isn't like eternal masker, but there's still a very much a threat out there for the vaccinated to spread it to each other. Now you would hope that in 99% of the cases, it's not going to lead to anything serious, but I don't, I don't love that. And the other one is I, I still question the, the possibility of being super efficient in policing the entry to the stadium. I want to see or the, uh, see this clear app. Um, I want to see that it's foolproof and that you can't phony your way in. Uh, and the other thing we talked about was the difficulty at some of the recent events with phones and Wi-Fi and being able to pull stuff up. You know, it's a, this is an all-digital deal. Now you've added another digital layer, yeah. a really important one, with this app and your Vax card. So what do you think? What do you think about unvaccinated you're out there's no option you're screwed and that includes by the way not only our locals who bought psls and season tickets but it also includes people who have spent money that they probably cannot get back from outside the market who are traveling here and now they're like wait the rules are changing inside of a month i'm screwed i'm i'm with you a little bit i would say uh uh hey jerk you were coming to vegas unvaccinated screw you stay home that's what I would say to those people. But there were no rules. The there were no rules to say you couldn't come here unvaccinated. D but the, the common sense and decency are the rules, I would say. Uh, don't be a jerk. Don't come here if you're not vaccinated. That, that would be, I mean, I, you're right. You're right, because I, I would I would have rather had a rules. Um, but I, that's what I would say to those people. Um, I, I do think there's logistical issues. I think they're still working out the logistical issues. First of all, I, I am, I'm totally fine with not having the test option. I thought the test option was silly and I didn't like Why? it because I, because it's you, there's no, there's nothing guaranteed. There's nothing guaranteed vaccinated either, but I, the, I think the tests are much more difficult to prove. When are you, when are you getting it done? Like, I, I don't, I don't know who else is doing them. I don't know if your buddy is like, Hey, here's a test. If he's a doctor, I, I don't know. I don't know how those things work. I would rather have the just fully vaccinated. That's who gets in. Um, but I'm with you. Like I'm not hundred percent comfortable on saying no masks for, even in an unvaccinated crowd that it's all packed in and the other logistical issues that I think they're still working out. One is, Hey, if you show up at the game, you're not vaccinated and you get a shot, you get the first shot, you can come in and wear a mask. Well, how are they going to identify who those people are? Who's policing that today? When the question was asked, I will tell you that it was uh, one of the guys that does the vaccines from community ambulance, which is all, by the way, an awesome organization that's in town uh, that, you know, they're very helpful over there uh, with a lot of issues. Um, he was there, the guy from clear who does the app, he was there. And then Mark Davis and the new uh, Raiders president was there by his side. And when the question was asked, well, how are you going to know who needs to be wearing a mask and who just got their first shot and police that? And everybody just kind of looked around at each other. And it was like, well, we'll figure that part out. They got to work it out. I also just got uh, an email from a massive Raiders fan. Uh, who was very cool, and I I responded to them. I'm like, I will find out your information. You are awesome. It was very well thought out. 
He said, listen. You know what, David? I want to hear it on the way back. We also want to hear more from Mark Davis on the plan here. And are you on Adam's side, which is F the unvaccinated or my side? I I think there needs to be an option to let unvaccinated people into the building. There's There's a bunch of different things that have changed like in an instant here. And I'm not sure it's exactly fair. Three, six, four, 1100. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. You're listening to Cofield and Company. We've had four events here that were mask only, that you had to wear a mask, mask mandated, and it's just impossible to police and it's impossible to have to just make it happen. There's just so many reasons. It's people forget to put it back on after drinking uh, something or eating something or all those other things. So it's not just people not wanting to do it, but sometimes forgetting to do it. Mark Davis. Saying they tried it for multiple events and it just didn't work. They just don't have the staff to police it. They're gonna have to police some different things now with the new set of rules. But yeah, if you're just um, just waking up to the last uh, day or so, Raiders, Allegiant Stadium, you want to go to the games, you got to be fully vaxxed. There is no option for the unvaxxed for anti-vaxxers to get in. None. You can show up. You can get a shot at the game. And then you'll still have to wear a mask because you're between your two shots, but there's no option for the unvaccinated. I don't think that's fair this close to the season. New Orleans is providing an option. Why couldn't the Raiders do that? I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you right now that my, you know, when, when New Orleans did it, I just poo-pooed it because of that option. I, I didn't like it. And and I've I've been consistent on – You know, I, th- you but I, think, force... I think so much of this – People need to be a little more understanding. I think so much of this is I'm with the in crowd. I'm with the approved crowd. So screw everyone else. Screw the unvaxxed. It's not screw. I don't think there should be forced. I don't think we should force vaccination. But I do think if you're making the decision that you're not getting vaccinated, you should remove yourself from society. And I don't mean like, you know, I'm not saying you have to kill yourself. I'm saying remove yourself from society. You're not supposed to be going into stores when they're crowded. You're not supposed to be going into movie theaters. You're not supposed to be doing these things. You are making the choice, and that's perfectly within your right to say, I'm not getting it. But it's not within your right to then go around other people. That's what you're doing it for. The vaccination is, of course, to keep yourself healthy, but even more so to, to help limit spread and to do it for other people around you. So don't, by all means, don't get it. Nobody's forcing anything on you. But then you do have to have that personal responsibility. What do we hear from Kirk Cousins? Hey, listen, I don't think I should get it. But I will put myself into a cocoon. I will build like a structure around myself so that I'm protected from people. I'm not going to go around people. That's what you should do. If you really believe in it, that it's bad, more power to you and don't get it and don't get it for your family. Do that. What Make that decision. But what kind of a jerk... It's like, I'm not going to get it, and I'm going to go sit around you. No. What was the email you got? So it was um, from uh, from a Canadian who is a massive Raiders fan. Oh, boy. And they said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled. Like, I'm really happy that they're doing this. Up in Canada, not as much of an issue. We just get it. We get the vaccination. We do it for our neighbors and ourselves. We do it. He goes, but here's my problem. The Clear app doesn't work with Canadian vaccinations. 
So how can I prove my vaccination status? Like, what is my option? Did they tell you a hard copy of the card absolutely will not be accepted? No, it'll be through the app. Okay, because I know New Orleans, you can do it through the app. You can have a card or you can take a picture of the front and back of your card and have it on your phone. Yeah, I don't because because those clear options app, should be available. The clear up, but the cl- there's too many fakes. The clear up isn't the clear up isn't just your. It's not just like taking a picture of the card. Like it goes through the electronic process of verifying. Oh boy, where you got it. So more access to our records. Good. Um. So I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Um. So you yeah, are, but lots aren't. Yeah. I, I'm. It's that those things are always silly to me, but that's fine. They don't have to be. But yeah, you it, it goes and you upload from where you got vaccinated. Now I guess there is some locations that don't have electronic records, and then you do go through the card process or whatever. But I'm much much more co- comfortable with electronically uploading and saying this is where I got it done, verifying that it got done. There's already fakes. There, there's already people like asking, "What about the fake cards?" Like it was already a thing. Like. <laughs> Really, don't be a jerk. I mean, th- this is again. You're not getting. It's it's a whole thing. If you're if you're <laughs> if you have a fake card, yes, you are just the lowest of low, the lowest of scumbags. That that's just disgusting. So hopefully, it's we're not dealing with that. We're dealing with people that actually are vaccinated and they're going to the games, and that's how it should be. We'll get back to the uh, new vaccine rule, new attendance rule for the Raiders in about 15 minutes. But up next. A former star at ESPN, Trey Wingo, is now uh, dipping his toe into the sports gambling game. So we'll talk about uh, his gig with Caesars. And he just tweeted something out about the Raiders, explaining why the uh, Raiders are at the bottom of the heap in the preseason in the AFC West, according to the odds boards. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. The fantastic Nova Home Loan Studios. It's Cofield and Company. Man, what a society we've turned into with the fully vaxxed mandate coming down from the Raiders and the discussion a little bit on the show, but especially on social media. And there's a whole bunch of people on Adam Hillside who are like, screw them. We're in, they're out. That's what it comes down to. That's where we want to be. There's no nuance in this discussion. I, I, Weird, I man. I don't understand the nuance of putting other people at risk. I, I don't understand where the nuance is. Uh, Trey Wingo is uh, certainly connected to Vegas now. He's got a new gig with Seizures. We want to talk a little sports gambling. Trey, how you doing? It's Steven Adam here in Vegas. Good, guys. How are you? We're good. We got to get your take on the hot button issue. And I, I don't know if this is exploding nationwide, but here in Vegas, obviously, the Raiders announcing that you have to be fully vaxxed to get in and the unvaxxed cannot go to Allegiant Stadium for Raiders games. It has a lot of people pissed off. A lot of people are doing a, a victory, a victory dance, a victory lap. Hello? Did we lose Trey? Yeah. There we go. Did I lose? Yes, yes, yes. We got you. Okay, good. Um, well, look, my, my, I guess I'm sort of with Adam here. I'm like, you know, what's, what's the downside? Like what, what's, what's the biggest issue? I mean, you know, um, it is funny. The people that are sometimes very anti-vax are always like, let businesses decide. Well, this business decided, this is the business they decided 
that this is what was best for their business. And no one told them to do it. They did it on their own. They did it on their own volition. And, uh, you know, if you're pro-business, you can't be upset with the decision that this business made on its own. It's funny how that works, right? How people flip when it's their issues. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden, they, like, like, they get a little hypocritical. Yeah, well, yeah one, one of my favorite things is selective outrage. Like, if you're like, yes. I'm pro-business, let business make their own decision. This business just made its own decision. And they just, they they decided that liability uh, was a bigger issue than deniability. And that's why they did what they did. So, Trey, you're tied to the NFL for years and years and years. You you know owners, you know you know coaches, you know people in organizations. Where does this go? Is it just going to be New Orleans and Vegas? Is it going to be 10 cities that do this? Is it going to be half the league? Is it going to be most of the league? What do you think? Well, I, I think with what we're seeing, I think more, more people are going to be doing this. I mean, we have five states now that are over 91% capacity in their ICUs because of the surge in COVID cases and the Delta variant. Uh, you know, uh, amazingly, New Orleans isn't one of them. You know, Florida is, is way up there. Alabama, which doesn't have a pro team, they're 99% of their ICU beds booked right now. But Florida is over 91%. Uh, Texas is over 91%. The governor just tested positive. Um, uh, listen, this is going at the at the end of the line. What matters always is money. Money dictates, and I'm, the Raiders, I'm sure, decided that potential liability from someone contracting it and having some issues at a game was the most important thing, and they weren't going to be stuck on that. So they made a simple business plan that they thought was good for them, and I do not expect this to be the end of that in any way, shape, or form. And the crazy part is, we're talking about this in Las Vegas, a football team. In Las Vegas, the NFL is here. Gambling is now being embraced. Uh, you're, yeah. you know, crossing over in that world. Did you ever think like the world of the NFL and gambling in Las Vegas would all be tied up? I guess this quickly, really. Well, it, it is amazing, right? And you, you you understand where the business goes. And you know, the old line from the uh, the movie All the President's Men on the Watergate scandal was "Follow the money," right? That was the line. Yeah. And so we're all just following the money. I mean, we're all old enough to remember when the NFL banned Tony Romo who was then the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, from having a fantasy football convention in Las Vegas in a hotel. And now, as you alluded to it, there is a team in Las Vegas, and Caesars, who I'm working with, and I'm thrilled to be working with them, is one of, four, uh, one of three gambling partners, uh, sports gambling partners for the NFL. This, to me, was an inevitability. It was just a matter of, you know, when are we going to get there? Because... You know, the, the two things, if you want, as a state, if you want to raise revenue, you know, the easiest two things you can do is legalize sports gambling and legalize something else. And then look, <laughs> look how much money you're going to have. You know what I mean? It's so it doesn't surprise me in any way, shape or form. And I don't think this is going to be anywhere near the end of it. I'm actually planning uh, sometime in the next 10 years to be the brand ambassador for the chicken ranch in Pahrump. <laughs> hey, listen, why not? Right. <laughs> so. I, I thought I thought that maybe where you were going, but maybe not. Um, all right, so no, that talk about it, but I, I get yeah, it. Okay, well, well, <laughs> you, you get it. So uh, yeah, legalizing prostitution. We, we, believe me, on sports radio here, we actually had the debate about it. But uh, gambling has been here; it's uh, it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow around the country. So tell us, like, what this gig entails. You're the chief trends officer and brand ambassador. Right. Isn't that the greatest title in the world? I have no idea what it actually <laughs> means, but we came up with that one. I, I just love the fact that I'm a chief and I'm an officer. So I've become Robert Parrish, and I can arrest people, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Um, look, for me, it's very simple. You know, uh, the, uh, the odds are set by people who have a lot of information, right? And 
the information that they get to set the odds. That's not me. That's not who I'm here. That's not who I am. That's not what I do. They set the odds, but they have the same information that we have information to. I'll give you an example. Uh, the Raiders are among, I think they're, they're plus 2,800 to, to win the AFC West. Well, why is that? That's the lowest in the division. Well, they were 2-6 and six at home last year. Uh, they scored 21.4 points per game last year, which was 24th in the league, and they gave up 28.4, which was DFL, dead freaking last in the NFL. That's why the odds are where they are, and that's why the people are looking at the Raiders a little skeptically this year because under John Gruden's tenure in three years, they've averaged 6.3 wins per year. His predecessor, Jack Del Rio, averaged 8.3 wins per year and took him to a playoff game and we all know that could have ended very differently, but that was the year that Derek Carr broke his ankle, either week 16 or week 17, and you know that was it. They were done when they had to go to Houston with a backup quarterback. So the, the same data that they used to make the odds is the same data we've always used, whether it's on NFL Live or the draft or the radio show that I did. Any of that was just using that same data and trying to come to the same conclusions. So basically what I'm doing for Caesars and I'm thrilled to be working with these people, is the same thing I've done all these other years, just using the data to interpret things. Have you had anyone reach out to you and go, dude, what are you doing? Going into sports gambling? What's wrong with you? Literally no one. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the people have been like, take me with you. <laughs> I mean, we're in the, think about it, we're in the, bottom, we're in the top of the first inning in this, in this world that we live in, right? Yeah. This, this new sports gambling world is just sort of starting. Uh, and I, the idea and the ability to create content based around the information is basically what we've been doing forever. And now yep. we're just pretending like it's what it's always been. Excuse me, now we're no longer pretending because we all knew how this was how things worked. I mean, why do you think the injury report comes out? So we can set the line correctly, right? That's, 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 that's the reason the NFL injury report comes out, so you can set the line to be the most accurate for the weekend. And we're all just not pretending anymore like that's not a thing. And I think when you stop pretending, sometimes things get really Ooh. good. I love that word, pretending, because that's all, yeah. you know, uh, Adam and I have done media and sports radio here for, you know, upwards of 25 and like 28 years. And we always thought this, like there were some people out there who were in the dark who just didn't know. But I always felt like most people knew. And for some reason, we were continuing this stupid charade. Right. Yeah, it's just it's there's no reason to do that anymore. All the information is out there, so just let's let's be honest about what it is and what it isn't. And you know, the other thing about Caesars for me is that there's a lot of people over there from Caesars and William Hill that I used to work with at ESPN. It's a lot of familiar faces for me, and I'll just be doing the same thing essentially I always did when I was working for a different platform, creating content based on the information. Trey Wingo's with us right here on Cofield and Company. What is your opinion? on where the Raiders are slotted because you can actually bet, you know, first, second, third, fourth at certain books and the Raiders are just the runaway choice to finish in fourth. And I just, I do not agree with it. It's not, you know, it's not something you're pounding your chest about like they're the third best team instead, but I do believe the Raiders are better than the Broncos. Why? I think it starts with quarterback play. And I'll tell you what the criticism, and this is where there, this is where analytics does come in. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just do not have confidence based on what I've seen the first couple of years from Vic Fangio in terms of the grasping the game and game management. And Gruden's not great, but I still yeah. think Gruden is ahead of Fangio. And I think that's fair. I think that's, that's, a, that's a fair way to look at it. Um, you know, but but here's, here's the problem. And, again, we, we sort of alluded to this before. 
John Gruden came in with a with a wave of optimism and fanfare, and you know Mark Davis came out there and said this is a big bleeping deal. You know when when they re-signed him to that ten year hundred million dollar contract, the results have been worse than his predecessor. That's a problem. And then when you trade away players like Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack, and with all the bevy of first round picks that you get in those trades, and what have you turned them into? Not a lot. That, that's a problem. Like that's a that's a real issue. You know they got bailed out a little bit when they took Cleveland Furl third overall, because in the fourth round they took Max Crosby, who's been absolutely amazing. But they took the guy in the fourth round that sort of washes the sins of taking the guy third overall in the first round. And you know, outside of that and getting Josh Jacobs, for all the picks that they got from getting rid of Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack, they haven't done a lot with it, and that's an organizational failure. It's a slow build, Trey. Slow build. Well, yeah. <laughs> you can have a slow build when you have a 10-year, $100 million contract, right? Like, if this were any exactly. other coach, he would absolutely be on the hot seat right now. But because it was full open kimono, for lack of a better term, when you just said, hey, take whatever you want to come back, now you're sort of stuck with it. If this were any other coach in any other situation, he would absolutely be on the hot seat this year. But because of the contract they gave him, I'm not sure if he is, but he should be. And I like John. I want to be 100% clear. I've worked with John. I like John. But he would tell you, we haven't done good enough. I was wondering, what you know, what are your Sundays going to look, look like now compared to what they used to look like? I, I tell people, Sunday in Vegas, is an NFL Sunday is the greatest thing ever. Now that there's a team here, it's going to yeah. be kind of wild. But NFL Sundays in Vegas are the greatest thing ever. What are your Sundays now compared to what they used to look like? There's going to be exactly the same. You know, for me, I'm watching all the games. That's never changed. And reacting to the games and doing it in real time on Twitter. Like, one of the funnest things about social media, and there's a lot of things that aren't, but one of the funnest things about social media is having that shared experience, right? There's nothing better than an NFL Sunday where you watching all the games at the same time and you're throwing out information and you're firing back and forth with people on what they think happened or what they thought happened or what they think is going to happen. That doesn't change for me in any way, shape, or form how the last 17, 18 years of my life uh, have been is going to be exactly the same way that I've done it. I'm just doing it uh, and putting it on a different platform through the Caesar stuff. That's all it is. Nothing else is going to change for me. Wait, are you reading your mentions? Oh, I, I turned off my mentions years ago. Okay, good. <laughs> and I, I, I want to be clear. I want to be clear about this. Like, I'm not trying to. I don't want to sound arrogant, but if I tried to respond to all my mentions, I would spend 24 hours a day responding to my mentions. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. that's a that's a flat circle for me. It makes no sense. So, you know, I put it out there. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And that's sort of the way it works. Trey Wingo's with us. I, I got to get your take on a couple of league issues. I just saw a note from. Sure. Uh, John Mara, the Giants owner, on the new taunting rule. And it says here on Pro Football Talk, taunting is a point of emphasis because, quote, we're sick and tired of the talking. Listen, he's an owner. I guess he can give it. He certainly can give his opinion. He's one of the rocks of the league. But who exactly is sick of this? Is it 66-year-olds? Uh, I'm not much much yeah. younger, but I, I'm, not, I'm not. I don't see it as an issue, Trey. What, why are they doing this? I have absolutely no idea, and I think it's ridiculous. And Bill Belichick, there's a clip of him that circled out a couple of years uh, from a few years back. It came out recently. Said, if you make a play, you should be excited. Like it's hard scoring in the NFL. Not as hard as it used to be, obviously, with the way the game is legislated. But you know, scoring is hard. Doing something good in a game is hard. You know, like a first down is just ten yards. It's Thirty feet. 
okay? But sometimes that's really difficult to do. You should celebrate. You should feel good. You want to be passionate. You can't play this game impassionately. And that was a run by a Colts running back in a preseason game where he literally dragged the pile seven or eight yards, and then he got up and sort of flexed, and he threw a flag. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I have no idea who thought this. The same people who thought this was a good idea were the same people a few years back that said, you know what we need to do? We need to have more holding calls. So they had that extra, extra referee spying on the interior line, and they realized no one cares about any of that, so let's not do that. I, I don't think this is going to be a, a rule that's going to be very long in the NFL because it just makes no sense. And it takes away from the most important thing about football. It's fun. It's a passionate game. You cannot play it without passion. I get it. You don't want to be in somebody's face, and you don't want to throw a football in their face, and you don't want to wag a finger and all that kind of stuff. Fine. But when a guy makes a 10-yard run and drags seven people with him, and he flexes, and that's not allowed, that's fundamentally flawed, and it needs to be fixed. Did you get a chance to take a peek, uh, watch some of the games with the younger quarterbacks who were drafted this year? I wonder if you came away with any sort of impression uh, in preseason week number one on, you know, you name it, guys like Trey, uh, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson, yeah. and uh, Fields is getting blown up. Do you, any opinion on any of those guys that stand out? No, because it doesn't matter. And I, and I want to oh, be clear about this. Okay. Let me, let me be clear. Yeah. What, what, what happens on the field in a preseason game is so fundamentally different from what happens in a regular season game. They're almost incomparable, okay? Like, there was a call in the, uh, in the Patriots game against the Washington football team where it looked like Nikhil Harry may have caught the ball or not. And Bill Belichick was asked after the game, why didn't you challenge that? He's like, because I didn't want to. Because it was more <laughs> important in a preseason game to see whether or not Mac Jones could complete a third and six and to determine whether or not that was an actual catch by Nikhil Harry. Now, in a regular season game, the exact opposite would be true, Right. You want to make sure the call is right so you can keep your first-team offense and get them going. So preseason is fool's gold in a lot of levels. And these guys are not being game-planned against. All these young quarterbacks are not being game-planned against. There's not a defensive scheme brought up for these guys that says, okay, this is what they do well, and this is what they do poorly, so let's try and take away what they do well and make them do the things that they do poorly. None of that happens in preseason. I want to be 100% clear about one thing. It's always better to look good in preseason than it is to look bad in preseason. Right, right. But preseason games are window dressing. <laughs> the, really, the really more important thing is what you're doing in practice, how your coaches are telling you what you need to do differently, going into the film room, seeing what you thought you saw as opposed to what the coaches think you should have seen, and adjusting to that in the next day's practice. That is far more important. Than a preseason so the, game. We, did, we didn't have reason. any preseason games last year, guys. Not a single yeah, one. Yeah. And football still looked like football to me. Yep. And there, there's a reason I'm chuckling in the background. It's not to disrespect what you're saying because I find it fascinating because we we pulled like eight cuts today from various TV personalities going crazy about every yeah. single one of the rookie quarterbacks. And like, can you take take us behind the scenes in in TV? Like, if you just laid that out, are you hearing from producers and bosses like, whoa, whoa, whoa? You can't say all that, and we got to have a counter. Someone has to go crazy about how good these guys are. Well, I, no one ever told me that. So, I, I, you know, I, I always did what I thought was right and the way I, the way I interpreted it. But you're 100% correct. Like, according to Twitter and fans' social media accounts, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, 
Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and who am I missing? They're all going to the Hall of Fame. All <laughs> Jordan Love. They're all going to the Hall of Fame based on their first preseason game. History says, not so fast, Sparky. Let's pump the brakes. Okay? The preseason games are littered with guys that look great and then don't make it. Tim Tebow, when he was playing with the Patriots, they played almost the entire fourth preseason game. And he played pretty well, and he showed out. And we've learned that that meant nothing. Okay? It meant nothing. So I, I just everybody needs to relax. Look, we all love football, and it's wonderful. It's my favorite sport. It will always be my favorite sport. But people go nuts when they see something good happen in preseason. And you need to understand what you're watching. Most, more importantly, for preseason games, not only understand what it is, but more importantly, understand what it isn't. And preseason games exist for one reason and one reason only, or two reasons, excuse me, to make money because there's money to be made and all back 30 your roster. That's what it is. Like, there's a reason Aaron Rodgers isn't playing in any preseason games. There's a reason that the Rams have already said none of our starters are going to play in preseason games. There's a reason Bruce Arian said Tom Brady and the Bucks starters probably won't play in any preseason games. So it's not about finding the next star. It's about finding the guys who are going to fill out the roster who may eventually become stars. If you're already a star or a starter, you shouldn't be playing much in the, in, in the preseason. Trey, you're wrong about the Hall of Fame, though. We already heard a caller on FAN say Zach Wilson is a bust. It's already over. That's the, that, literally, that's the dumbest thing anyone can say. I mean, no disrespect to this person. But by the way, whenever yes, you say no disrespect, disrespect. What, what follows is copious amounts of disrespect. But, I mean, if, if you're basing your opinion on Zach Wilson as a player based on one preseason game, like, take up knitting. You know, do yeah. something else. The great thing was that call was before the preseason games. It was just based on what he was hearing at camp. Oh, sure. Like, uh, I'm hearing okay. these. By, by the way, that's my other favorite thing. We live tweet seven on seven drills as right. if that's going to be the decider of all these things. Now, can it be an indicator of things? Absolutely. But to suggest in any way, shape, or form that that's going to be the fundamental principle upon which someone's career is built is just pure folly. Awesome spot. Before we let you go, tell us about your podcast. Oh, yeah, Half Forgotten History. Uh, we're in season four right now. We've got uh, the latest episode came up with Trent Dilfer. I've had uh, Steve Smith of the Carolina Panthers. Coming up very shortly, uh, we're going to have uh, Terrell Davis, who has one of the greatest stories about all time. His Hall of Fame career might not have ever happened if he had spoken Japanese. And you need to understand oh, wow. why that was important. It's a great story, <laughs> uh, and we drop them all the time. You can catch it wherever you get your podcasts or on my YouTube page, Trey Wingo Presents. Trey, that was tremendous. Thank you so much. You got it, guys. Uh, bet like a Caesar. Caesar Sportsbook. That's all I got to say. There you go. Trey Wingo, now working with Caesars, uh, working for Caesar Sportsbook as the uh, Chief Trends Officer and Brand Ambassador. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Many worried about the dreaded parking issues Allegiant Stadium has seen in the past. I was actually uh, a lot worse than I thought it was going to be, and I'm on a motorcycle, so that's even like, you know, I thought I was going to be able to find a, a spot anywhere, but it was actually really difficult, to be honest. You're listening to Cofield and Company. From 60 to $80, there were several lots taking advantage of those fans that didn't buy parking passes with their tickets, like Las Vegas fan Marvin Preston. Parking's a little bit further out, but, I mean, it wasn't bad. You know, and 50 bucks and maybe like a mile and a half away. But that's not stopping you. No, we're Raider fans. They ain't going to stop us. That's what the Raiders like to hear, baby. Nothing is going to stop their fans. 
Yeah, good story there on uh, 8 News Now on the parking. I love the the lead-in, the dreaded parking situation. Is that is that what we call it now, the dreaded parking situation? That's friendly, I think. Really? I think it's, yeah. Well, the Raiders news yesterday made a lot of people unhappy. We'll get back into that. you got to be fully vaxxed to go to the games. And if you're not, then you got to get a shot, and then you wear a mask for those games when you know, you're still in that period where you're not fully vaxxed. And for the unvaccinated right now, there is no option to go to games. Wow. Wow. Uh, UNLV, it looks like UNLV is going to stick with. You can go to the games with mask on. So that will include the unvaccinated. So as of right now, this could change. You know, who knows? Uh, one of the big stories of preseason camp here, Adam, as you know, we've been following what's going on with the quarterback position because they get this, you know, former top 10 quarterback recruit in Tate Martell, you know, who played here in Vegas, Ohio State, Miami, you know, had committed to multiple spots you know, in the Pac-12 and Texas A&M. And um, so, ballyhooed guy, but he's, you know, he just hasn't played that much football because he couldn't win the jobs at those mega schools. So he comes in here, and I think a lot of people were like, he's going to win the job. Like, he has a lot of ground to make up, and he's not healthy. He's dealing with an injured thumb. So the race really is between Justin Rogers, a transfer from TCU, who, by the way, was also a top 20 quarterback recruit in his class. He was a very highly touted guy. And then Doug Broomfield, who was a Sanchez guy, but was being offered – uh, by, uh, at the time, I think Arizona State and Kansas. So, you know, it's a good three-star guy, has the tools, big, you know, long, uh, big arm. Um, well, he got hurt. He got hurt. So over the weekend, he's in a walking boot. So I talked to Glenn Thomas today, the offensive coordinator, and he, he got into how the quarterbacks are looking right now, and we specifically got into Broomfield and what he did with a couple of days away from the field. I mean, it's a tight race. You lose a couple of days out there with reps, you know, maybe Broomfield could be in trouble, but uh, that was not the case from Glenn Thomas. All the guys are getting a lot of reps, right? They're getting reps with ones and the twos, um, you know, all of them, Cameron Field included, right? He's in there. You got to, you know, uh, Doug. Doug uh, uh, has been rehabbing here the last couple of days, so he's been able to get a lot of a lot of reps. It's been fantastic for him as far as a young quarterback, but I think we're fluid. All those guys are getting reps and getting better every day. How much do a couple of days off for Doug affect him in terms of negatively like what what can he do aside from conditioning where he's kind of keeping pace in the race i think there's a lot of positives that can come from it he can take a step back and see it from a different perspective you know we he, you, sometimes you see you know you lose the trees despite the forest right kind of that analogy so i think he's done a nice job of stepping back looking from a different perspective getting mental reps uh best guess and i posted this on uh, espn las vegas twitter account so you can you can respond to it best guess right now for the pecking order I think, although I think Justin Rogers just pulled even because of the, you know, the time down. And I don't know how, if, if Broomfield's back hundred um, percent, I wasn't at uh, early part of practice today, so I didn't get to see him walking around. I watched a little video that Paloma from Fox five posted, but uh, I think right now, and this could change day by day, uh, Doug Broomfield, one Rogers, two Cameron Friel, the true freshman three, Matthew Geating, another freshman four, Tate Martell five. Cofield got his mortgage tuned up. You should too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments.